A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tools. For just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Rangers, the Gallant View podcast. We are uh, coming to you midweek, or it's mid-international break, and uh, I'm sure we'll all get through it together. However, I've got uh, Mr. David Tomlinson and Bill to go over a few Rangers issues with us, such as, as they are at the moment. So if I could just ask you to uh, like, subscribe and say nice things in general and get your comments in, that would be very helpful, get us through all this. And without further ado, I'll, I'll just move on to David. David, today we had uh, the Legends game at Ibrox and... Uh, the weather seemed to be all right, if a little cold, but uh, we had the, the Rangers legends versus the the world legends. I mean, I think we were stretching that just a tad on, on both ends, to be honest, for the, the teams that were out. I caught most of it. I think I missed the first 10 minutes, so uh, first first goal. But uh, what was your... Did you get to see any of that? What was your take? I mean, is this a worthwhile exercise? It's obviously, it's for charity and it gets the kids along to Ibrooks sometimes. And I heard a few comments at halftime, you know, when they were having gone through the halftime announcements, that it's people's first time at Ibrooks. So, I mean, if it serves that purpose, then it's probably worthwhile. But I think as a footballing spectacle, it probably wasn't the, the highlight of my life. But it's... Uh, it, for a good cause. So, what what are your thoughts in general on these things, and and whatever you uh, you've gleaned from today? Yeah, well, I think it's a, a good cause for to bring money into the charity. Um, whether there's the, the football, I, I, I mean, if you look at Robin van Persie today, I, I didn't I didn't see the whole. I'm going to be hundred percent honest. I've been a, I wasn't supposed to be on tonight, and I've been at a birthday party all day. Uh, but I watched the highlights and. Robin Van Persie on the highlights, he looked as if he could step into a team, any team uh, playing today. He looks that fit and, uh, and the, the goals he scored, you can still see the class is still there. So, but no, I, I think, I mean, these guys, it keeps them fit, gives them something to do as well. As you say, you can take your kids along to the game, uh, you get tickets quite easy. I don't think there was near a full crowd today with the looks of the terracings. And other stands, and uh, no, I think it's worthwhile, and it, it's just quite good to see all these old, uh, old players. Quite, 
enjoyed the highlights, but I don't know whether I, I heard it was a really slow tempo to the game. I heard there wasn't that, there wasn't a, that much uh, uh, high high pressure football, but um, no, it was quite good and some nice touches. Yeah, I mean there were some well kent names on show, and there were in in amongst that you know some mixed abilities. I would say you know some of the players. Uh, looked like they would uh, they could do a job today, while others looked like you know they've uh, spent too much time not on the golf course. You know, maybe it's just more hours on the golf course. It was a uh, big boy day. Looks a hefty bloke. He was having a wee running battle with that boy Dawson, and I know they're both kind of Sky correspondents, so I think it was a uh, there was a wee bit of kind of office banter going on with those two. But well, how how did you uh, find it? Did you have a wee look in and? And see, Sasha, I mean, Sasha, I would just uh, get him to the training ground on Monday for me. I I would take Papach back into the squad today. He just looked really, really as if he's keeping himself in shape. Probably plays a lot of five-a-sides. He's, uh, Kenny Miller looked in good shape as well for a guy his age. But yeah, I watched the second half of the game in between trying to restring a couple of guitars and do things around the house. Um, Boydie took his goal well, although he should have scored that first time and you know, looking at Chris Boyd and the shape that he's in because he's not that long retired, you know. Uh, he's certainly piled on the pounds. I think he's uh, been spending less time on the golf course and more time probably in the pub and in the tandoori's after the pub and things like that. But, uh, no, it was good to watch. Um, you know, so like you said, Davey, some of the guys looked as if they could still do a job today. I thought Jermaine Defoe looked really, really sharp. You know, is that that kind of striker play, picking up spaces and getting himself the extra yard and all of that. He looked fantastic. Um, as Davey says, I thought Van Persie looked really on it as well, you know. So these things, I I, I think they're good. Um, you know, it's that opportunity to get kids along the Ibrox for the first time. As Davey said, the tickets are probably easy enough to come by. I think there was about 31,000 today. But it's for a good cause, and it might not be the best footballing spectacle, but lots of good fun. Yeah, I mean, I to must admit, when watching the game, you know, you've got guys like uh, Peter Lovenkran, Shotar Valadze, Ronald De Boer, you know, I, I, it just it's like one flashback after another when I'm watching these games of, you know, big games that they have been involved in, big moments for their club, you know, and so I mean, for that, I I find it quite an enjoyable exercise, and and just that the Barry Ferguson, just the way that they move about the pitch, you know, you they're just recognisable just by the. The, the way they move, and uh, so yeah, it was it was a, a bit better than than I thought it would be. Although David said, you know that you know it was played at quite a pedestrian pace. There was no, uh, there were a couple of some challenges in there, you know, which uh, I think t- Alan Hutton was in the end of one of them. You know, when tempers might have been fraying just a wee touch. So, but no, it was a, a good exercise, and and Alec McLeish, Alec McLeish on the bench. And he'll always have a wee kind of place in my heart. I think he vastly underrated as a Rangers manager when he stepped in, advocate, you know, because we uh, we won. I mean, the four seasons he was with us, we we had uh, we won quite a few trophies. We had the double the first season when they had already won the league effectively, and then we had the treble. We the only time we've ever uh, qualified from the group section of the Champions right. League as the manager, you know. So there were lots of highs. And I think at a time when, you know, it had been a reduced budget, you know, within the club, you know, he had been, he had taken the job and Advocate emptied the bank account. So, 
no, I think he was treated a wee bit harshly towards the end, and uh, and we ended up with that disaster with that French guy. So uh, he'll slap it into, as I say. No, but that was a it was a, a useful exercise. So coming on to uh, the, the first, sorry, David, the first touch for the the four as well. The, yeah. the, 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 for the first goal, that, that, the, 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 then we chip over the goalkeeper. That was absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking, I was looking at that, and the first thing I thought, we've nobody in the team that can do that today. So why, why, why did we let him go so quickly? He could have went for another season at least. I would have liked to have you know seen more of before at Rangers. I know he was kind of getting on a bit, and he was pushing kind of retirement age, such as it is for a footballer, but. You know, I, I think he's he's got that movement and he can put the ball in the net, absolutely no doubt about it. So I'd like to see more of him when he was at Rangers. It was a shame he left when he did. I actually thought he would get a coaching, coaching job at Rangers, but that obviously didn't work out for him. Sorry, Dave, that, that did occur to me watching Jermaine Defoe. I thought, you know, some of the touches that he had in, you know, in the runs and the movement, I thought, you know, he could be doing a job for us today. You know, so that it was a uh, probably romantic thinking. You know, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. You know, if it was there, I'd probably be moaning about that as well. <laughs> but, but other than that, guys, we've got a. I'm going to move on to April next month. We've got our obviously next Saturday. We're at home against Dundee United, so we start off on April Fool's Day, and we have got five fixtures in in April going from the, the first day of April to the last day of April. Two of these fixtures include that lot. And what I'd like to talk about is really, and, and this is my own opinion, this April is going to be the season-defining month for us, you know, starting on Saturday with uh, Dundee United at home. So we've got four league fixtures, which is the last of our fixtures before the split. And we've we finished the month on the 30th at Hamden for the Scottish Cup semi-final against you-know-who. So I would just like your thoughts on, you know, what you would ex- you would hope to see, I mean, in, in terms of the April, the five fixtures, because I think we've got nine league fixtures left, four of which will be in April, and the five after the split we don't know about, so we'll get the details sometime early in May. But... I would think that the, the league mat fixtures probably don't matter that because having had a wee think about it today, you know, and, and totting up the, the nine matches that are left, we need a four-game four swing, a four-result swing in our favour for us to... Uh, and two of those will be at wins against them. We won the first one at Parkhead and then the second game at Ibrox, uh, post-split. So, and we need an, another two fixtures in which they will be required to drop points for us to get ahead of them. Is this just la-la land stuff, or am I just clinging on to the impossible dream? David, yourself? Well, they always never say uh, it's over until the fat lady sings, don't they? Although I don't think that you would be allowed to say things like that these days. Uh, But um, you can always look back to... uh, Helicopter Sunday that uh, that we stole at the last uh, the last minute, um, but uh, I, I I don't think I don't see this uh, them team 
a drop that many points, I'm afraid. I think I think we could possibly win all our games. I think we could even beat them twice, but I don't see them. They, they just don't lose another team games to other teams, do they? So I, I'm afraid. Well, I would say never give up. It would take a really massive. It'd be a miracle. I think it would be even better than than helicopter Sunday if uh, if, if we were to do it. Uh, I think I think they're just too strong a team for other teams. In in the olden days, the, the likes of Hibs and Aberdeen and Hearts, they, they could give good games to to the old firm. But unfortunately, these days they're they're really just uh, cannon fodder, aren't they? For uh, for for the for the two top teams, it's unfortunate. It's, we've stepped into a two team league, and it'll probably be that way for the, for the years to come. And unless there's there's move into a European sort of league. Which, uh, which I, I, I think, has got to happen at some time. I think uh, I don't think we can keep uh, the, the Scottish league the way it is. But that's just my thought on it. Yeah. Okay, Bill. Yourself. I mean, the games that we've got this month. No, sorry, next month, April. Dundee United at home in the first. Then we're playing them on the eighth at their midden. We've then got St Mirren at home, and then we've got Aberdeen away. So these are all. Uh, Weekend fixtures, the game against Aberdeen is on the Sunday and the game against them on the 30th is also the Sunday. But you're thinking, see, that the, the, in terms of the, the league matches, Bill, are we better just writing this off and with a view that Michael Beale just looks forward to building a squad for next season and just uh, take the pressure off ourselves in terms of hoping that we can, we can achieve, which, which I think would be almost the impossible. In terms of overturning a nine-point deficit with nine games to go, to allude to what Davy says, I think the fat lady has been warming up since before Christmas. But you, we, we Rangers, there's this funny thing about if we start trying things and start putting younger players in, and the likes of whatever it is, the fifteenth of April, we get beaten at home by St Mirren. People will be furious. So Beale might want to do that, and he might, you know, I wouldn't blame him for now saying, well, fuck it, the league's gone. We'll just we'll throw in Alex Lowry and whoever else. But can you imagine the extent to which Rangers supporters will get on Beale's back if Dundee United, St Mirren and Aberdeen games don't take care of themselves and we don't win them? Um, yeah, funny to allude to Helicopter Sunday, and you mentioned McLeish earlier, and that was, of course... One of the greatest moments that Alex McLeish gave us was Helicopter Sunday, which is fantastic. I yeah. don't see it. Don't see it this season. I don't think we we might beat Celtic twice, but I don't think you know they could maybe drop points in one of the other games, and it would be down to a couple of points difference, perhaps if they got a draw somewhere else. But I just don't see it now. I do, you know, and I'm I'm fine with that. I'm comfortable enough. I've had long enough to process the fact that. As far as I'm concerned, we are not winning the league this year, so I'm not really bothered. I'd like to see us win the Scottish Cup. And, you know, we'll have three games against them. If we could win, uh, especially win the Parkhead, that would be amazing. If we could win the Cup final in at least one of the other games against them, I think I'd be, you know, kind of coming out of the season reasonably satisfied. You have to remember, obviously, that Beal's not been in that long. Giovanni was in charge the first sort of period of the season. And Bale's only come in sort of, you know, during the World Cup break or thereabouts. And, you know, it's not a long time for a coach to get up to speed and to implement his own ideas. And I think, 
you know, over the, the summer window, we might see one or two signings and we might start to sort of get a flavour of the real Michael Beals Rangers come the close season, if we watch them in friendlies or something, and then and it had the, the start of the new season. But the game against Celtic, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. As I say, I think, you know, the game against Andy United probably take care of itself. I don't see us being troubled by them. But if we get to the 8th of April, you know, when we've got our key players back, I think guys like Cantwell can really make a difference against that lot. You know, he's been here a couple of months now. Um, you know, and you rate him obviously very highly. Uh, in fact, I, I think you went so far as to say you would put him in your best Rangers 11 ever, but I don't know if you were saying that as a joke. But, you know, guys like Cantwell, I think if we can really take it to this mob and no start the way we did in the cup final, but actually come out all guns blazing and go and get a goal or two, who knows what could happen? You know, if if we win all our games and we beat them a couple of times and their heads start to drop and they start to have confidence issues or whatever. But uh, yeah, you're probably um, talking fantasy stuff to think that we can actually win the league chaps. I really do think. Yeah, I think you're right, Bill, because um, David, coming on to yourself, and we've got in the 10 fixtures that we have, mm-hmm. well, it's, it's possibly 11 fixtures if we get to the cup final. So we've got nine league games, one semi-final and potentially one final. Three of these games will be against that lot. So really, is that the objective for us for the, for this season is to just make sure we start laying a glove on that crowd with a view, as Bill said, you know, just putting out sow the seeds of doubt. Just um, use the time, use these games to progress the squad such as we can. I mean, I'll try alternatives. I would be looking to some of the, the, the younger players, you know, and, and, and alternatives of formations, you know, so I would not be against, I know, and, and Bill's right, the danger is is that the Rangers supporters then just blow a fuse. So in terms of, what's your own view in, in terms of the, the remaining games this season? You know, bearing in mind that three of them are against them and we have to do some damage here. Well, there's a, there's a flip side to it for me, um, Normally, I would say I, I never. I want Rangers to go out with the strongest team every time and uh, play the best players, and got to go out to beat them. And then the flip side to that is, if you if if, if we sort of just hung on to their coat, and they think they get lured into a false sense of security for next year, because if we beat them, obviously beat them three times, they're going to bring in stronger players. And if we lure them into a false sense of security, I suppose for next year, then uh, then it could go that way. But no, I think we've got to play. We've got to try and beat them. We've got to try, try and get the lead down as as little as possible, and then get built up for next year. And I think that's. Uh, I mean, you can't blame Bill for the this season. The, the the league was lost when he came in, unfortunately. And um, yeah, that's uh, whether whether you want to blame the board for that or, or blame Geo, well, Geo. Certainly, got a lot to do with it, but whether you, th- you know, the board that did a lot to do with it as well for not stepping in quicker, because if they'd have stepped in two or three games earlier, then we wouldn't have been so far behind. We still would have a chance. Uh, at, at least then, at that time, uh, if we beat them in all our games, we would have probably we would have been top of the league. And unfortunately, it wasn't that way when when you come in now. So, no, I think we've got to go for them. Go for the jugular, as I say, all the time and uh, 
and, and beat them. But I still think we should. I, I mean, I would quite like to see uh, Lovelace getting a chance and uh, and and another few younger guys. I think we can bring them in between now and the end of the end of the season. I don't think I would do it against them, to be honest with you. But uh, I mean, I think we could definitely maybe against the United or something like that. Uh, the lower teams bring them in, and I mean. I don't think they're going to do a lot less than than, than some of the players we've got in doing doing things and playing just now. So give them a shot, and uh, but not against them. Yeah, well, I think the the decision may be made for us because you know, and I'm and potentially upsetting you here, but if we uh, if we actually lose the game on the thirtieth, I think that then takes us into the, the five game split. We would have to. You know, beat their result in every one of the five games to overcome them. So, I think maybe if we just leave it until you know we've crossed that wee bridge, and and use the the last five games as the you know maybe the opportunities for Lowry, Zach Lovelace, you know Adam Devine, you know people like that, because the, effectively, I mean it's it's now unwinnable. They will win it before the split. If I don't think they'll officially win it, but I mean it's it will be. A miracle like we've never seen before for them to lose it from there. Well, coming on to the... I mean, David mentioned Giovanni Van Bronckhurst and his tenure you know, earlier this season. And, and potentially, and I know there are differing views on this, that we left it too late to make the change. And you've seen the, the, the difference that Michael Beale has made since he came in, you know, in, in terms of our league results, which have been perfect bar one. But I, I think what worries me what we concern that I have is that, you know, the structure and the and the, the relative, you know, influencing of squad decisions within the, the the football structure at Ibrox when Gio was there as to whether Ross Wilson was handing on players or Giovanni Van Bronckhurst was requesting players or he just got given what he was given and says, get them to the Okinawa and, and, and get a team out of them. Mm. So Michael Beale's press conference this week was seems to, it would indicate to me that that if if that regime ever existed and it no longer exists because he's made it known that you know he's given Ross Wilson a list of five players that five in mean, five names of players who he would like to see you know brought to Rangers in the summer and, and left them to go on with it right go and negotiate with these people I mean is this the the it occurred to me when 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 he mentioned that he'd given him a list of five players that is is Michael Beale just setting Ross Wilson up for you know a huge I mean this is a must do for for Ross Wilson because if he fails to get those five players and the Rangers support ever get to view the list of five players and see how many we've got and he hasn't achieved it then there's only one way this is going to end for Ross Wilson I, I would suspect. So, I mean, what's your own view? Is are, are, am I reading too much into this? <clears throat> uh, I I don't know. I think that might be a bit unfair on Wilson. I think you know, for first to address the issue of Geo and and Bill in terms of was Geo just getting handed players? I I don't believe for a second Giovanni Van Bronckhurst wanted Aaron Ramsey on loan. So, for that point of view, maybe it was a case of Wilson making those decisions. 
But as a, a supporter, I remember, you know, talking to my brother today, the news that Aaron Ramsey broke. I remember listening to Clyde One Super Scoreboard the day that the news about Aaron Ramsey broke. And everybody was absolutely jubilant. We thought this was the best thing that ever happened, you know. It's, it was fantastic and it was, it was going to be... And it was a shame the way that things turned out with Ramsey, but it was what it was. But, yeah, I think, you know, there, there's a distinct possibility that there was an element of Ross Wilson saying to Gio, well, here you go. I was um, I was very patient with Gio right up until the end. I think, you know... Just the last couple of results, I start. That's when I started to think Geo has to go. Whereas some folk had been screaming it for months, you know. Um, I, I was very reluctant for us to remove a manager who'd only been there for a year, who'd got us to a European final and won a Scottish Cup. I thought, you know, earlier this season when we weren't so far behind, I thought it was just absolute madness to to get rid of a manager so quickly. But Bill's come in now. I think, you know, there's. That this uh, Bill saying that he's got this short list of five players or wish list of five players, perhaps it does a couple of things. The first thing it does is shows us as supporters that well, Bill must be the man calling the shots, and I think that's right. I think the manager has to say these are the players that I want. I don't think you know for all Ross Wilson may be good at negotiating, and that itself is up for debate. But for all he may have those skills, he's not the football brain. He's not. The football manager, he's not coaching the squad. I think it's down to the guy who's coaching the squad to decide on what players come in. But the other thing that Bill saying that does is gives that clear accountability that I'm Michael Beal, these are my players, and it's up to me to make a success of them. I've picked them, Ross Wilson hasn't picked them. So the the thing about Ross Wilson though, if he doesn't get all five players, should we be upset? Should we be annoyed? I think it's the tall order. You have to remember, you know, that Rangers are not one of the big clubs in Europe the way that they may, might have been 20 or 30 years ago. And for Wilson to go and negotiate with some players to come in, if these are promising players, they may be getting looked at by Juventus, Man City, whoever. And we can't compete with those clubs, so we do have to be realistic, you know. And Wilson getting a few of them will probably be a success in, in my book in terms of you know, Wilson's role in things. So, will it be a bit harsh? Yes, it probably will. But will Rangers supporters blame Ross Wilson if he doesn't get all five? Yes, they definitely will, because that's just Rangers supporters, isn't it? <laughs> David, on that, you know, I mean, it was I think Gio's time was probably doomed, not because of, I mean, partly because of him himself, but partly because of, of the structure that he was trying to uh, deliver results under, because I think mm-hmm. he was doomed. The guy was had no chance. He was a dead man walking from some time ago, just because of of the way that they had chosen to, you know, to structure his particular you know, time in charge. Whereas I, I don't think Michael Beale's in the same position. I mean, I could be dead wrong here, but I just don't think so because Michael Beale putting out a list, you know, is uh, is kind of I think almost setting them up here, you know. But anyway, on the, on the, the the changes to the squad, because I think this, this summer is going to be absolutely crucial for us. I mean, there's no doubt about that, which is why I wanted to talk about, you know, do we use the league games between now and the summer, you know, to start up, you know, assessing the current squad, you know, in, in more depth rather than, you know, the, the first 11 and, you know, we can rotate around two or three players round about that. So assess the whole squad, you know, look at the youngsters. Are they going to make it? Are they not going to make it? Because lots of big decisions have to be made. 
So getting on, he spent a long, I know one of your favourite players, David, Alfredo Morelos. So the, the discussion around Alfredo Morelos that he had in the press conference last week was that Alfredo's you know, available and, and they're going to make the decision in the summer. And that's what got me thinking, you know, why should we pursue playing Alfredo Morelos when it's very unlikely that he's going to be here after the summer? The league's already gone. I mean, if, I'm sure if he could do as a turn in the, the cup semi-final, we're really much. It's a it's a one-game season for Alfredo Morelos, for me. You know, so uh, when does Michael Beale just flip over and say, right, be done with it, and uh, let's get let's get next let's get next season right. This one's f- fucking fucked up, but let's get next season right. When when does he, he make that call? Well, we've got to. For me, the the, the cup is really important. We've got to we've got to stop them winning the treble. So we've definitely got to have our best team out for the cup. If if we win that or lose it, and we're, we're not, you can you can see that we're not going to get enough points to win the league. Then I think you can start uh, start doing different things. But I definitely think for the cup, we've got to go full belt for that. We've got to win that. I mean, it's, it's just like uh, I mean, stopping the stopping the trebles is it's not not like fifty five, but it's uh, it's 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 up. Up there with it, so no, that's that's what we've got to do. We've got to stop this, stop them winning the cup. So strongest team. I wouldn't believe, uh, make big changes until then. We, I mean, I, I, I think you could have a, the likes of Lovelace on the bench. I don't know why he's not been on the bench, but uh, we, we could start trying things in, in the, the coming games. But no, the cup's so important that uh, I, I wouldn't really tinker about too much with it until then. But on the the, the, the subject of uh, of Giovanni, um, I mean, you can say that the, the structure isn't isn't good. A, a manager should be able to pick his own players. That that's as simple as that. He should have a list. Wilson should make that list and give it to Giovanni, and Giovanni should then have a look or, 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 or uh, make a decision on, on whether he wants a players brought in. It shouldn't be that somebody brings in a player and hands on to a manager and says, try and do something with that. That that that, that shouldn't be the way. So Bill Bill's got it right. He should pick the players that uh that that come in. And for me, and I have th- said it a few times on the podcast, for me, Giovanni just didn't have the players fit. And you can even tell Bill's been saying it quite a lot. We're getting players up to fitness now. And but they just didn't look fit. They, they looked, as I said before, they looked like players that were smoking forty cigarettes a day, uh, compared to the, to them. And that's uh, that that for me is a big downfall. I think I think Gio could have got a lot more out of these players if he had them fit. And that's uh, he it's the old Dutch way. Um, everything's got to be done with a ball. And now you know if if you do everything with a ball. Then there's going to be players hiding. That's just the the, the way things are. Not everybody. Somebody stands and watches. They're not all at the same time. And but if you give them a good basic training and get them fit first, and then let them play with the ball, that's the way it should have went. And that's that's been the big problem for me. It, it's for the first the first time the, the the players I've ever heard players saying, "Oh, the the preseason was so easy this year." Shouldn't be easy. The preseason should be. They, they should be. They have their tummy, their 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 boots uh, in the in the preseason to get fit. 
it shouldn't be that oh that's the easiest preseason we've had. No, that's uh, that's for me that was Gio's downfall. I, I think there was uh, some structural issues. You know the the way that the Gio was brought in and hired and 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 the the breadth of his remit and within you know that structure probably wasn't enough for me. But hey, he took the job, so he yeah. he went with it, and ultimately it didn't work. But I think the Kind of longer went on, you know, the more we were fraying at the edges, you know. So I think that's the the, the strategy influence there was a, a, a kind of overlap, an overhang of of the fitness that they had under Stevie G, which kind of saw us through probably to Seville, to be honest, because you know we were playing, you know, extra time games after extra time game, and it didn't seem to be a, much of an issue last season in terms of our fitness. But certainly the the way that we started this season just wasn't. Uh, I mean, just dead slow, and, and I think you know it's it's taken a wee while for Michael Beale to kind of get the the energy, you know, the, that wee bit more pace and and commitment and get speed moving the ball quicker into the team. Yeah, and you can see it's coming. It's not happening overnight, but you can see that there's uh, definitely just more of an impetus in terms of getting the ball forward at pace and moving it, you know, rather than it being the twenty five touches before we've moved it twenty yards up the park. No, all that malarkey. So, well, honest, the, the five, I think the, the five team, the five names, which. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, Beal has given to, it would be... Oh, how much money I would give just to see that because I think that list of names would tell us so much about you know how ambitious we're going to be here because I'm, I would I suspect that the names on that list will be Raskin, Stroke, Cantwell type level players you know of of that caliber they're going to be similar types age you know someone who's young so it's not going to be big money. He actually mentioned in the press conference that it's not going to take big money. So I think that the the, the five names which he has got from from Michael Beale should be doable, which I think well, what I'm I can see that you know sitting here right enough in a Sunday night, but you know I think but it seems to be that there's that it will be that type of signing that he'll be looking for that you know the youngish player, you know just kind of. Lots of potential, you know. There's kind of almost unfulfilled potential in terms of Cantwell. So it's not going to be the Lionel Messi's. We'll not be shopping at Madrid anytime soon. But so I think it should be doable. But that I think that 
what do you think? I mean, I think that those names will be give us an indication of, of pretty much the level of ambition of, of where we're at. That's what I'd be hoping for. Um, obviously, it's all speculation, but you know, somebody like Cantwell, what you said there about unfulfilled potential, and somebody that that looks a really hot prospect, but for whatever reason has gone off the boil where he is. You know, th- those are the types of players I think we need to be looking for younger guys. And again, you know, it's it's not always about it's not going to cost as much money. The fact that it might not cost as much money sometimes isn't enough because if there are other clubs sniffing around, they don't even need to be bigger clubs. It might be clubs that are more attractive despite their size. You know, it might be clubs in England or something like that. So I'm always just a bit wary of that. If there's other clubs in for a player and the player decides to go to, I don't know, a Diddy club like Fulham or something, then, and apologies to any Fulham fans that might be watching all this, I seriously doubt it. But, you know, I don't think we can be kind of too upset about that because that's just the way that modern football is. But I would hope that's the level of aspiration that we've got is to try and get these younger players in. And, you know, what I think is good, and we, we talk about a, a player trading model, what I think is good is getting these guys in at a young age playing them for a few years, getting them exposure in Europe and all of that. And then hopefully when the time is right, we can sell them on a healthy profit the way we did with the likes of Rebo or, or Calvin Bassey. Um, to touch on what you were saying there, Davy, about the, the fitness of the players, I, I think it's an absolute disgrace. I think, you know, and I, I really feel for Gio here. And I, I don't know if this is something in the Dutch football culture where it's perhaps expected that the players don't need to be told to get fit. They should be fit because they're professional footballers and it should be down to them to make sure their fitness is up to scratch. I just I can't accept that, you know, the, these players, because Gio wasn't giving them a hard time during pre-season to keep them fit, I just can't accept that they didn't go out and ensure that they themselves were fit. But that's, that's maybe just my view. And I don't know if that's what Gio was expecting because I, I don't honestly think, you know, somebody like Gio van der Van Drogkirst, who's played at the top, absolute top of world football, you know, played in the same team as guys like Ronaldinho, there's absolutely no way he's putting players on the park and thinking, right, I'm, I'm not going to worry about the fact that the lads aren't fit, or I'm going to deliberately make it so that players are unfit. You know, he, he would have had, I think, the expectation that you're all professional footballers, you see to it that you're fit. Don't rely on me to tell you to be fit. And I think it's an absolute disgrace that some of the guys in our team didn't bother. And, you know, you look at the shape that Morelos was in uh, a few months back when you were there. It was just absolutely despicable. He was as fucking fat as me, you know. And he's, he's trying to be a professional footballer. I think, you know, Gio... And I don't know why he wasn't tougher on them or didn't get tougher on them, but I think he should have had the right to expect that these guys would have taken care of their own fitness. Sorry for going off on a complete tangent there, Davey. I just I thought that needed said. But yeah, in in relation to your actual point about um, you know, the, the Cantwells and the Raskins, I'd be very pleased to see us get more players like that. No, Bill, I think you make an excellent point because the if they're like, you know, going to behave like school children, the minute the teacher's not in the classroom, they all just do what they want. I, I think we should expect more than that, you know, as you know, as you're right, as as professionals. And, you know, for the level of money that, you know, they're drawing from the club, they, we shouldn't have to, uh, I mean, we need volunteers, not conscripts, isn't it? You know, it's, we shouldn't have to stand over them to, to make them look after themselves, you know, and as soon as, you know, Gio's no looking, the 
I've got a couple of bottles of beer in their bag, you know. I mean, it's, that's just. I mean, then you're right about Alfredo because uh, you know, and, and the reputation. There's no smoke without fire, you know. And the reputation he has that he does like a wee night out in Glasgow, and you know, he's particularly fond of you know round about the West Endish area. So, I mean, just by the number of spots that you get, so because the world's too small these days for him not to be uh, identified. So, I think that that. that smacks of you know just not being applying yourself as, as well as you can because and and they're, they must be different so I don't really envy their job in terms of you know managing you know the egos within that that dressing room but I think the the ultimately you can avoid some of these issues just by just by not employing them in the first place you know by identifying that as a trait you know that they they're subject to before you sign them and say no, no, thank you. No, I'm sure that's happened lots of times with football players. David, on your own, see on the on the, the transfers, is that just give me one name, you know, of of whether they play in Scotland or whether they would play in England or indeed abroad, that you would like to see included in, in the, the five names which Michael Beale has handed to Ross Wilson. One one player, I mean, you, uh, and 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 sorry, the the wee proviso here. Is that we're looking at with with, with it being a, a Raskin stroke Cantwell type signing rather than being Lionel Messi, of course. Um, well, I, I, I quite um, I, th- I think and looking back in retrospect, and it is that because I didn't really think it at the time, but I think really Ferguson would have been a good uh, a, a good pick for us at that I didn't think at the time it's in it's looking from from yeah looking back I can see that now the way he's went on into Italy and, and started playing well in Italy and I, I think we missed the boat there uh, there's a young you only want one name but there's I was I was at FC 20 last week watching them and there was a young uh, striker 22 year old he was very small uh, he's Puerto Rican. I think I think I said his name last week, but I can't really remember it now. But um, he's he's uh, he's on loan to FC Twente, and he, he was the smallest player in the park, and he scored two cracking goals with his head. And the week before he scored, so I would like Rangers to have a look at him as well because he's only on loan in to Twente, and I think he's owned, owned actually owned by one of these agencies where 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 you can own boy. Uh, uh, borrow players from. So he was he was another one, and there's a a, a guy in here in Vane, a number ten, and I, I just don't know his name at all anymore. But a number ten from here in Vane, he's he looks an excellent player. He's he's going to be a, a really up with the big teams uh, in Holland anyway, and he's another one that I would uh, I, I would really like to Rangers to have a look at because I don't think these players will be that that high yet the price. And I think, uh, I mean, it's really quite crazy that Geo must have must know all the players in Holland, and we never we never signed one Dutch player. It's really quite crazy, but it seems to be. I mean, seemingly we were after another Belgian a few weeks ago. Uh, it, seemed, it seems to be the Belgian league that that Wilson's sort of a getting into. I don't know. I don't know whether he knows that league or, or why. Why it's the Belgian league. Maybe just the price. Obviously, I think if you go to Holland, the, the, the price of the players will be a wee bit more. 
but but there must be players in Holland that are coming to the end of their their contracts, and and won't cost that much. So I don't know. I don't know why Gio never uh, never went down that road. But yeah, that's the way it is. It's, it's gone now. It's water under the bridge, isn't it? But yeah, that, that's, no, I, think that, I think the name we missed was Ferguson. I think. I mean, I, I can. I, I agree with you on Ferguson. I think that's something we still looked at because, you know, yeah. albeit being a, a box ticking exercise, you know, he knows the league. He kind of knows the club. He, he knows what he's getting involved in. He knows what's expected, and so I think in that sense, he would have been a lower risk. I mean, none of them's risk free. So, Bill, the, the same question to yourself: Do you have a a name that you would like to see included in that? There's five. You know, is there anyone from Scotland or or England? You know, because that you know yeah. there was a wee and and don't shoot me down here, but uh, the the boy who Duke who's up in Aberdeen, you know, the boy who's up front. Uh, that was there was a couple of wee r- rumours that you know perhaps that he would be available, and do you think that would be someone to, who we could? Because I think he is quite young. He's, he's uh, <coughs> in the twenties. Is that someone who we should be uh, potentially looking at? Is it, you know, or or our, should a list of five be just a a wee bit further up the food chain than that? It's um, yeah. It's funny you mentioned it because that was one of the guys I was probably going to talk about. I think um, because the, there is a few players abroad that. I've looked at it and thought, you know, he, he really looks a player and maybe young and, you know, playing for a, a team that's not a future renown and not one of the big five leagues. But you think a bit closer to home and guys who know what it takes to cut it in the SPL, I think the boy Duke, yeah, looks a player, absolutely looks a player. I think he's still quite young, maybe 22 or something, isn't he? Yeah, he's early. Yeah. You know, you think about if, he comes in and does a good job for a few seasons and, again, you know, plays well in Europe or things like that, you could be looking at selling him on for serious money. I think Rangers supporters, and I mean, there's two issues here. Rangers supporters have a bit of snobbery when it comes to bringing players in who are already in Scotland. And, you know, I I don't buy into that. Uh, But also buying players for Aberdeen, it's probably difficult to get a sensible price on a player coming for Aberdeen. Um, but I think about Scott Wright, you know, and I, I like Scott Wright. I, I think he's an excellent player on his day. He's just not consistent enough, perhaps. But I remember I've got mates that are Aberdeen supporters, and they used to, to moan like fucking they would be great, Scott Wright, when he was there. And Ranger supporters, a lot of us do the same, you know, and I, I think he's a great player. And I think Duke is, you know, somebody who'd also come in and play really well at Rangers. But you just never know, but, you know, because they're stepping from a club like Aberdeen to a club like Rangers. It is a big step. But if there was one player that I would really like us to see, like to see tied down over the summer, who already takes, who already has, you know, and knows what it takes to cut it in the SBL, the one player I would like to see us get in is Malik Tillman. I think we absolutely need to sign this boy. If he's not on Beale's list, list of five, I would be absolutely incredulous. Tillman is just absolutely fantastic player. He looks like he'll be a world beater in a couple of years. I think Malik Tillman is 20 or 21. You know, still very, very young. Had first team experience at Bayern Munich already, I think. You know, just what a player he is. What a difference he can make in games. So if I had a wish list at all, he would be number one on my wish list. 
And I would probably settle for not getting anything else off the English list if we do get to a meet. Right. <clears throat> okay. Well, one other uh, news which uh, emerged, which I want to touch on, is that John Souter, who came on last week and he played, you know, the last, what, 15, 20 minutes of the last game against Renth Rovers, I thought, it, I thought the passing from this guy, I mean, I was. John Souter, when we, we thought it'd say, now I'm thinking, you know, John Souter for Hearts. You know, I thought he looked very good, very comfortable. And he actually, the number of, they won a few balls in, in the, the penalty box. But see him stepping out of defence and, and the, the passing, I thought, gosh, maybe this boy's a player. So what I'm saying is that the, the problem I have is that John Souter has now emerged, has, has now let it be known this week that when he played the game against Livingston, you know, early in the season, that he actually had a wee ankle issue when he played that game, which we which then put him out for you know the months and months. And I'm I'm just thinking, so did John Souter keep that to himself that I've got a wee injury problem with my ankle? I'm not telling you so that I can get a game. Or did the Giovanni Van Bronckhurst know that he had an ankle issue and then put him out there? Which, which only aggravated the injury. I mean, I, I don't know which one makes me uh, more angry, to be honest, mm. as, as, you know, as to whether John Souter wouldn't say anything or the club would know about it and then still put him out there. And then which led to an injury yeah. which he had for six months. I think neither, so, neither thing looks good, does it? You know, I'm, I'm really thinking, you know, that our, our, the professionalism at our club, you know, and in the, in the medical team that are behind that team, surely someone convince me here, David, convince me that it's better than I think it is. You're on mute, David. Sorry. One of the things I'm I'm worried about is that um, the the two the 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 small knocks that um, Suter had, and then you had Warns was a small a small knock in the beginning. And now we've got Raskin. It's a small knock, <laughs> so starting to starting to get really worried about that. Um, I, 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 I don't know whether whether Suter. Uh, I mean, I, I think he, you know your own body. I think he must have thought himself that he was fit to play, and obviously something's been aggravated, aggravated or something. But I think he'll. Uh, I, I, he certainly looks a good player. I, did, I didn't really know him at Hearts. I watched him, did watch him in the was that cup final he was in. I did watch him in that and he looked really good. And he certainly certainly played last game. He, he can certainly pick a pass. That's one thing that that, that, uh, that we've seen last week. And it was one, thing, one way I would quite like to see is going for a couple of games is, uh, is a three-man back uh, back. Back three, I was going to three man back four, but that wouldn't they work out with it. Uh, three man back three, <laughs> and uh, and 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 try try that, and then push the push the the backs up uh, up to, to almost wingers, and and you would have an extra man in midfield. That's uh, that's it would, it would allow us to shut down teams uh, quicker than than we are doing just now. Although we are, I mean that that that's the one thing that I've I've really enjoyed is Campbell. When he came in, I thought he couldn't he couldn't always wear a paper bag, but he's uh, he certainly showed that he's he's got a lot of grit and determination and, and fighting him. So I've quite enjoyed that uh, part of it. No, I um, I don't know. I think I think we we've been really unlucky with injuries. I think um, we've 
I, I think there's been players bought. We were all happy Roof came in because we knew he was a great player. And you just hope, I think, that they're over their injuries. I think that's a, obviously a roof that hasn't worked. No, and I think, well, they say now that Jack sorted out his problems. He got an operation where they say now he's uh, he won't have any trouble with, with the original um, injury that he had. But obviously when you're coming back and you've been injured a long time, you can get wee niggles. And that's probably what's happened to Jack a few weeks ago. And I think the same will probably happen to Suter. I think he'll probably get a, a couple of niggles. But hopefully his long-time injury is, is now past it and hopefully he can, uh, he can go on and, and, and become, a, become the player that we know he can be, I think that he can be. Well, David, I, I really want... Bill, I'm going to come on to you. I mean, I don't have... Bill, David says we've been unlucky with injuries. The, the wee uh, story from John Suter thinks maybe we've been incompetent rather than unlucky. So, I mean, do you think that, that this... Am I just reading too much into this? That Because the injuries that we've had and the injuries that turn in from small things to big things. You know, remember when we had uh, Ridvan, you know, had a, wee, a hamstring issue with two weeks, two or three weeks. Clearly, Rangers two or three weeks turns into Pluto two or three weeks because it's uh, two or three months before we actually see them. And, and these things just roll, one rolls into the other. Kemar Roof's another one. Is our medical staff, you know, do, how do, exactly does this work? I don't know an awful lot about it. Do we rely on professionals external to the club or are there people within that club assessing injuries which uh, the, the certificates were downloaded from the internet in terms of medical qualifications? Because it, it frightens the life out of me, that story, that he would play against Livingston with knowing that he has an injury going into the game and then, you know, He's put out for months as a result of that, and it's just bonkers. Well, I mean, I don't know. I probably know about as much as you do in terms of the, the medical profession behind the games. We have to assume that we've got people that are competent doctors, but, you know, you said, um, is it incompetence or is it, you know, in my view, is it just negligence? Because you think about the number of players that Rangers have had who've carried injuries and carried injuries for a long time. And, you know, you look at, sort of towards the end of last season when we were heading to a Europa League final with about eight or ten players out. You look at guys like Hellander, who have known a sniff for as long as I can remember. Um, you know, I know Hadji was obviously a cruciate ligament and that takes a long time to heal. But something like what Suter had, you think, you know, you're, you're told originally it might be X period of time, ends up being longer. It's the same story with Red Van Yelmaz. You just don't know. You don't know what's going on. With regards to Suter's ankle injury and the, the story, I, I hadn't heard that story about um, you know being injured before the Livingston game. And what Davy said is probably right, where you know a player thinks they know their own body. I know certainly I, I'm no obviously comparable to guys like that, but you know I, I got a knee injury a few weeks ago playing fives, and I've not been back to football, but um, I've played badminton a couple of times, thinking, oh my knee will be fine. And then yesterday and today, I'm limping about the house going, that's fucking knee. So, you know, <laughs> you, do, you think you'll be fine. And I'm wondering if that's what it was with Suter, where, because ultimately the medical staff will maybe say to him, you know, do you think your ankle's okay? And Suter will go, aye. And then he gets on the park and he plays and discovers it's not okay because something happens. When he's, you know, you just don't know. But 
That's my take on it. I think it's probably just been a case of he thinks he'll be okay to play, and then when he does actually play, it turns mm. out he's not. But I, I wonder if we do need to be wrapping players in cotton wool a little bit more because the other side of this is we do get players back from injury and then they end up injured. You know, like Ryan Jack's been out for a period a few times and comes back and gets injured straight away. Kamar Roof, you know, seems to be the king of that, where he'll come in and play one or two games and then be back out. We Suter, though, you know, I, I mean, I recall when he was at Hearts, he had a few significant injuries. In his yeah, quite. yeah, yeah. And mm. before, he came, before he came to Rangers, I think there was a lot of talk for other Rangers supporters about, you know, I'll probably be injured the whole time. And it seems to have been what's happened. Um, with regards to what you're saying about, you know, Suter, the player, I thought, you know, I thought he looked good at Hearts. I watched, I enjoyed watching him as part of that back three. I thought he stepped in seamlessly and, you know, they looked good as a back three. Suter can definitely pick a pass. He's got that in his locker and he's he's confident, he's assured, he's good in the box, he's, he's good at getting tight, all of that stuff. And if you think about last season, you know, we got to a Europa League final off the back of the fact that we could play as a back three when we needed to, you know, and it was a really successful tactic for us at times. You think about that game against Dortmund at Ibrox where, you know, we went to a back three. in the same game. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I think we were, I think we went to one down and went to a back three, you know, and it totally, it changed the game because it stopped them getting in behind, it stopped them creating chances. And if mm. we can have that in our locker, you know, that we've got these three guys, Goldson, Davies and Suter, who can play really well as a back three, I think that's a really, really good thing. So, Hopefully, you know, John Suter, that's him back now and he doesn't pick up any more significant injuries, I really hope. But, yeah, to answer your question, I really don't know. I just have to assume that it's been Suter himself has said, yeah, I'm okay to play. Because I don't think as a footballer, you know, if he thinks he's not okay to play, I, I don't think, and surely to God not, that the coach is going to try and force him to play. Yeah, one, one well, the... If we go hard back to the last season just for a moment, because bear me out on this one, is that Alfredo Morelos, God bless him, you know, he was, there was a rumour that when he went away with Colombia, that he was actually injured when he left. And then when he arrived in Colombia, the injury got worse. And then we ended up, you know, and we did quite well, you know, with the run to the Europa League. But we ended up playing the Europa League you know, set both semi-final ties mm-hmm. and the final with no recognised centre forward, which is why Joe Arriba was up there. But that, for me, you know, smacks of, you know, someone's not either taking charge or taking responsibility here or, or for, you know, the fitness of those players because why he would go on international duty, you know, to, to South America, you know, with knowing that he has an injury and they only made it worse, which effectively put him out for the season. And I just think, you know, was that avoidable? And I'm, I could be dead wrong, but maybe it's just me. But it was just that, and you know, because when Kuzan came on today, and I was thinking, you know, our last Euro- European final, and he didn't play in that when he would have made a huge difference because he was on his game at that time. I mean, he didn't look that player today. I've got to say, but uh, but the last European final we had, and, and he obviously is sending off in the semi final, came back to haunt us. And then we had the issue with Morelis, you know, no centre forward for this last year's final. I think, God, man, it's a recurring theme here. Maybe I'm just being too negative. So listen, guys, if there's uh, 
anything else you, you want to bring up, then now's the time to do it because uh, failing that, is there anything you've got on your you want to get off your chest, David? Matters Rangers. You have the floor is yours. Um. Yeah, I did. I was trying to get rid of the the the, the comment. Um. Is there anything that I want to? Well, I think Hellander was mentioned. I think I think he'll be out the door. Um. I I I think. Oh, the I, I don't know how how long Roof's got on his uh, contract still. But uh, I, I think he's still got another year. So obviously he's not going to go anywhere. He'll 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 stay at, at Rangers. No, and I think somebody somebody made the comment that um, they were it was uh, we need to get as out as many players as we do get in, and I think that's a thing as well. That we we need to do that. So that's that's a, the, the sort of a, a big things that uh, I don't I don't know I haven't heard anything about Raskin whether he's whether he's uh, but I, well I think he was going to a doctor in Belgium, but I don't I haven't heard whether he's. Uh, Going to be fit for next week, or whether he's not going to be fit, I haven't heard them. I don't know where you heard anything that down that line. And I just heard that you know he had pulled out of the the Belgian international squad, you know, as as, yeah. as a result of injury. But I don't know what the injury is. Should, I mean, should we be sending them to Belgium to you know to have these injuries assessed? Surely the club would, the club, you know, the people who pay his wages would would take care of that. We just get a letter from some guy in Belgium saying, I. Oh, He's got a sore toe. I mean, a sick one. <laughs> yeah, you know, a sick one. It just concerns me that. that. See when, see when the uh, um, Gerard was in, we had sports science people coming in, and we had, we had experts all right down the line, and they've all seemed to have gone now. We don't seem to have any sports science people. We don't. Our medical staff seems to be a lot less than it than it was at that time. So I don't know what's happened. I don't know whether it's whether it's a cash problem or 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 what it is. But I mean, I know a lot of them go to is it Ross Hospital you call it to to get to get evaluated. And uh, but uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. But it just seems to be yeah, one injury after another and. Uh, we are getting a bit, a bit better if we can keep them, but the fact is we've not been keeping them. So that's a, that's, that's a big problem. Okay, Bill, is there anything you uh, want to add to this evening's proceedings before we uh, wrap it up? Is there anything get off your chest, anything, issues which are needed? <laughs> um, yeah, well, just what, um, what he was saying there about, you know, Rangers having actual medical professionals and all of that. I'm sure we'll have a club doctor, but you have to think about the fact that Rangers are in the football business, not the medical business. And, you know, there are medical companies that specialise in this stuff and we'll just outsource that that type of work as and when we need it. Raskin going to a, a doctor in Belgium is probably Raskin's choice, I would imagine, if it's a, a specialist doctor that the guy's worked with before. So I, I think I'm probably quite comfortable with that. Hopefully this doctor in Belgium can, you know, see him right and we don't end up with him on a treatment table for six months. We'd love for Raskin to be back, not just for the Celtic game, but actually for the Dundee United game to try and build up a little bit of momentum, you know, before the game against Celtic. Uh, and the only other thing I would like to add is, wasn't it fantastic when Gerard scored that goal 
in the, the Liverpool Legends versus Celtic Legends game and celebrated in front of the Celtic support. Absolutely hilarious. Yes. I, I, I'll have to agree because uh, Stevie G just took the opportunity to, uh, to, to obviously the celebration, because he would have been, you know, it's a Legends game, but the celebration was purely for, for those guys and, you know, they should feel honoured that Stevie G did that for them. <laughs> he went out of his way to put that celebration on, especially for them. I like this wee comment at the end, you know, they were dishing it out, so they... They got a wee bit back, you know, which I thought was uh, perfect. I saw him on uh, the TV today and Stevie G's. I'm, I'm going to put his poster back up now because <laughs> I take it down. But his, his poster's you, you, still, uh, you still get the cardboard cut out after 55? Yeah, I, I, can have, I kissed it so often it started like kind of blur. And, <laughs> so, no, Stevie G will always have a special place in my heart for that 55. That was just... Uh, Joyous, it's just a pity. Just a pity. Didn't wear the the shirt number fifty five. That would have, that would have really set the cat among the <laughs> <laughs> I wish that you'd have told us that last week, David. I'd I'd have emailed them to suggest it. <laughs> yeah. So with yeah. that, guys, I'm, we're just going to wrap it up there, if that's okay. So thanks for coming on, David and Bill. That was uh, good to uh, get down to detail on it and some of these couple of issues, you know, which niggly things. Sometimes I think we uh, kind of gloss over, you know. To have shite crossing, which can happen from time to time, but uh, enjoy. It. There's been lots more stuff we could we could have got into tonight, Ed. and there's maybe some some shows we should put on getting into more details. I'd like to do one on the range of support and you know in the history of all of that, but that's for another day. But anyway, thank you guys, and uh, so everyone, I'd like you to just yeah, remember. Just say one, just say one thing, David. Yeah, just say one thing. Uh... I was actually on tonight because Curry's uh, dog became unwell uh, right. and and he couldn't. So I hope everything goes okay with Curry's dog and that uh, it gets back to healthy ways. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Curry, let us know how this is all going. So, yeah, thanks very much. Cheers for that, Dave. So thank you, guys. And uh, don't forget, do send us a like, subscribe to the channel. You know, you'll get the daily update every morning from Colin. Sometimes me, but not too often. So, but <clears throat> we'll see you again on Thursday. We're, we're back at uh, half past eight, usual slot on Thursday, with uh, a preview of our, the first of our five April fixtures, which will be Dundee United next Saturday, Ibrox. Saturday, 3 pm kickoff. It's a uh, old fashioned football. It'll never catch on. So, until then, thanks very much. We are the people. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 